Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour two of the show, we go from pros to college football as college football in focus today because the Associated Press Top 25 poll was unveiled. Coaches poll a couple of weeks ago. AP poll today. We'll get to that in just a second. Plus this hour, James Moran of TigerAg.com comes on in at 920 to discuss LSU's second scrimmage, what he saw there, the development of that offense, the development of Joe Burrow, and how the guys on defense are coming back from injury. Again, 1020 James Moran. Then we go hard knock style in college football. Do you know who they chose? Do you know this is actually happening? And this isn't like some spinoff. Like, you know, Netflix doing something or Amazon doing something. No, this is HBO and that same production company. They've tried to do this before. They reached out to four different programs across the country. And they chose one. And look, this is the ultimate radio tease. And I understand we live in a digital media. Don't do this if you're driving, please. Keep it here. I want to tease that. We'll talk about that. I'll let you know who I promise you you're going to love at least the head coach that they chose and they'll be seeing in about a month on HBO. It's college hard knocks. Plus, we'll go to Ben Kirchable of CBS Sports, covers college football for them. We'll talk more top 25 and kind of dive into what these rankings might mean. One of the interesting things about these rankings, we'll just get to it here, is the last decade in college football, a team outside of the top seven in the preseason Associated Press top 25 has not won a national title every year the program that won the championship was inside the top seven of that initial poll so if that holds true and precedent was made to be broken and it's going to happen sometime maybe it's this year but if it holds true this year here are your top seven in the ap top 25 and it's the exact same order as it was in the coaches poll clemson alabama georgia Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, and Michigan in that order from one to seven. So LSU comes in at number six. They're flanked by Ohio State at five and Michigan at seven. Inside the top five, again, Clemson on top of Alabama. They're in the one spot, Alabama the two spot. Deference paid, I am sure, to that national championship game that we saw not too long ago where Clemson wiped the floor with Alabama. Georgia at three. Most people believe they are the team that will come out of the East. They're better than Florida. Florida is inside this top 10 there at number eight. Oklahoma just named Jalen Hurts the starter at quarterback. No surprise there. There was a you know a mini battle. But Lincoln Riley's club, they'll go with Jalen Hurts at quarterback there at number four. Justin Fields is a quarterback at Ohio State. They're number five. So you got the powerhouses inside this top six, really this top seven. Rest of the top ten, it's Florida at eight, then Notre Dame at Texas, Texas at number ten. So you will get a top ten matchup unless something really odd happens in LSU's uh, opener or an early game for Texas. It'll be LSU and Texas inside the top ten when they meet in Austin in less than a month. 
More SEC schools inside the top 25. Texas A&M was at number 12. Auburn at 16. So inside the top six, uh, inside the top 16, you have six SEC programs. It's pretty good stuff, right? We know that. Still the preeminent football conference in the country. The non-preeminent football conference in the country, as far as the power conferences go, uh, it's still the Pac-12. Pac-12 doesn't have a team check-in until Oregon does at number 11. Washington at number 13. I don't think the Pac-12 is close to rebuilding the destruction of their football programs that's occurred over the last uh, decade or so in that conference. It's been since USC, since they won a national title. And uh, Oregon's been there a couple times, but wasn't able to complete uh, complete their run, lost in the national championship game both times. You know, it's interesting inside this top five, this top six, there's lots of commonalities between, you know, great head coaches, great recruiting track records. But another correlation, and this hasn't always been this way in college football at the top, is elite quarterbacks are leading all of these programs. You have Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. You have Tua Tungvaloa at Alabama. The two that you could say, well, Seth, maybe you're overusing the word elites a little bit. Maybe, but if they're not elite, they are, you know, uh, sub-elite or right below there. Jake Fromm at Georgia, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. I think Jalen Hurts in college football, he's going to be one of your best top 10 quarterbacks, one of your top 10 quarterbacks. I mean, he just is. Anybody who thinks otherwise is just a hater. Then Justin Fields at Ohio State, lots of hype around him. Elite quarterbacks there. And then there's Joe Burrow right behind him. Can, Can Joe Burrow improve enough this season? to join the ranks of that uh, quintet. Maybe not a Trevor Lawrence or Tua. It, it seems an, un, an unattainable level for Burrow. We've talked about it on the show a lot. Don't want to set the expectations there. But could Burrow be a Jake Fromm? Could Burrow maybe be a Justin Fields? Jake Fromm's probably a better comparison considering the system that Fromm plays in. They got that spread at Ohio State. Um, and we, we all know Oklahoma, what Lincoln Riley has done the last couple of years, going back-to-back with Heisman Trophy winners. Who knows? Maybe Hurts will make it a three-peat for Oklahoma quarterbacks there. He's going to put up monster numbers and monster stats. I'm not necessarily talking about, from a statistical standpoint, Burrow uh, keeping pace with his peers. Just saying, if LSU is going to knock on that championship door, if they're going to kick down Alabama, kick down that door, and get into the playoff, Burrow's got to be good. He's got to be really good. I think he can be. I do. But with this defense, if this defense is healthy, the talent they have a running back and receiver, offensive line still a work in progress, that's the Achilles heel of this LSU team. Burrow doesn't have to be elite. He doesn't have to put up the numbers that Tua or Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts is going to at Oklahoma. Not even close to it. LSU can still be a defense-first team. They're going to want to keep these games in the low 20s. And that defense probably you know, is going to average about 15 points a game, maybe less than that, giving it up. 
So that's your top 25 in the AP. LSU checks in at number six. LSU also had a scrimmage over the weekend, second scrimmage of their camp session. James Moran is going to join us next as we head to break. James Moran at TigerAg.com. He'll tell us what happened. We'll also get his reaction to LSU's spot in this AP poll. Seth Dunlap here with you. Glad you could join us tonight. It's the last lap on WWL. LSU at number six in the Associated Press poll. The entire top ten in that AP poll the exact same as it was in the coaches poll. Very unsurprising, very uneventful. Not a lot of fodder there to talk about, to be honest with you. And remember, last decade, the national champion has come from a team inside that AP top seven in the preseason poll every single time. So we'll see if that precedent holds this year. Maybe that's good news for LSU as they're inside that top uh, seven at number six. James Moran joins us now, editor and columnist at TigerRag.com, covering LSU football. He's on Twitter at Smartest Moran. Uh, James, what's going on? Doing well, Seth. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, um, first, let's get your reaction to the poll that was out today. I don't know how much reaction there is, I guess. Like I said, it's it's the same as the coaches' poll, so very uh, uneventful. Yeah, not not a ton of surprise there. I thought LSU could end up anywhere between 5 and 8, and it wouldn't really be too surprising. I think the top two are pretty locked. Uh, Georgia's probably done enough with it. They deserve to be that third team, and then you can rank the Oklahoma, Michigan's, LSU, Texas, all those kind of teams in whatever order you want, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Saturday, LSU had their second scrimmage of, of camp season. I saw Coach Joe after uh, practice saying, very, I don't know, impressed maybe is the wrong word, very pleased with how the offense played, at least compared to that first scrimmage. What did you see out there, James? Yeah, I mean, well, we don't get to see anything on the scrimmage. We just got to go off of what Ed said, what the players said. But, it, look, having Joe Burrow in there versus not having Joe Burrow in there makes a world of difference. I mean, I think Miles Brennan's come a long way in terms of – and he's a really good thrower of the football. But, you know, the offense just isn't the same without Joe Burrow. So, I think even though they're still dealing with some offensive line injuries, that was another big issue in the system. We were by the defensive line, but – Really, just having Burrow in there made all the difference and it seems like they moved the ball pretty well, especially in uh, some two-minute situations, according to what Ed told us. All right, so, so I mean, oh, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, you know, look, if the offensive line is even okay, I think there's a lot of talent on this offense with, with Burrow there to be the guy that spreads the ball around. But obviously, uh, what are we hearing in the battles on the offensive line? I'll return to Burrow in a second. But I know that that's rotating every day, it seems like, especially as they rotate guys in and out because of injuries. You're yeah, actually pretty set at the tackle spot, at least right now, with Sadiq Charles on the left side and Bedard, and uh, not Bedard, Trey, or um, Austin Deculus on the right. Obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry is entrenched as the center and the leader of that group. Um, left guard, it was supposed to be kind of a three-way competition, but it really seems like, by virtue of being the last guy healthy, that uh, Adrian McGee's taken that job and run with it. He's a guy that's pretty versatile. He's played, started at both guard and tackle in the last few years. Um a senior, and I think he's he's kind of the guy to beat right now at left guard, at least until Jason Hines starts participating a little bit more in practice. He's coming back from that knee injury. Right guard, he's been hurt this week, but I, I still think it's Damian Lewis's job. He was so solid from a year ago, but a name to watch, a couple names to watch there. Um, they have been getting Adara Traor, their third tackle, and Anthony Bradford, a freshman tackle. Both have been taking some reps at guard. Uh, this week and in the scrimmage on Saturday. So those guys will probably be the, the next guys in. I think Badar will probably be the next guy in at either position, no matter who it is that went down. But I still think it's uh, Lewis, at right, Lewis at right guard. And uh, well, now it looks like at least Adrian McGee is the left guard for this team. 
We found out over the weekend that Cardell Thomas is going to undergo surgery. It might be season ending. It's, it's, it's a blow. And, and look, this was one of the highest recruited guys uh, this last season for LSU, James. Yeah, it's a blow for him and it's a blow for depth. But I'm, I'm not sure he was ready to, you know, they kind of put him in that left guard competition and I'm sure he was getting a ton of reps with Chase and Hines not playing, but I don't think he was quite ready in terms of technique and footwork and those kind of things to beat out Adrian McGee and, and certainly not to beat out uh, Damian Lewis at right guard. I think obviously it hurts from a depth perspective. He's a, he's a quality offensive lineman who probably could have played a bigger role as the season went on, but I don't think it's uh, to the point where it's, you know, an injury that's going to really hurt this offensive line. The big picture, it's more of a blow to Cardell himself because he's a guy that, you know, is kind of going to you kind of get your reps as a backup and work your way into a bigger job as time goes on. That's kind of how life is on the offensive line. Uh, to, to miss probably, if not all of this year, most of it is definitely a blow for him and a blow for the depth. But I think it's, I still think they're one or two more injuries away from where they'd have a real problem and where I think you'd start to really downgrade the group as a whole. We still see Christian Fulton missing time. Um, I know his target to return was towards the season, still dealing with an injury he's kind of dealt with all year long. James, do we know anything about his progress? Um, I think he could have scrimmaged on Saturday, and, and that means he probably could have practiced today. But, look, they've, they've been pretty steadfast about this. What are the guys who you know, two in the game, they're going to give them days off. They're going to give them extra rest. They're going to rest them when they're a little bit banged up. We saw it with Caleb on chase on. We saw it with Grant Delpit. We saw it, we've seen it with Fulton. I just, I, if it's next, if it's the middle of next week and we still haven't seen him practice on a regular basis, then I think it's time to, to start being a little concerned, but I mean, they got a lot of young guys behind, you know, the, the top three are obviously Fulton, Derek Stingley Jr., who's going to start as a true freshman, and Kerry Vincent, the nickelback, who could probably slide inside in a pinch. Um, behind those guys are a lot of young guys, whether it's Manny Netherly, a converted receiver, or or freshmen like Cordell Flott and, and Radar Jones and, and Jay Ward. I think they just want to get those young guys as many reps as possible because you might need them during the season. And, frankly, you know what Fulton can do. I don't think you really need him out there at practice if he's – anything less than 100% at this point. Of course, LSU is not opening with Texas this year. That's the second game. Is it a different field, James, this year when you don't have, you know, a Miami or Wisconsin, uh, all these teams they've faced in that opening week over the past, you know, decade and a lot of those years where, yeah, you had to get smacked right in the face during that opening week, a little softer landing, a different feel around camp or not at all? Um, I wouldn't say a, a diff- maybe a little bit because I think they are being a bit more cautious with their veterans than maybe they were last year. But at the same time, they really didn't have a lot of proven veterans going into camp last season, so it's it's not really an exact comparison. Um, I'm I'm sure Ed Orgeron would tell you they're treating it exactly the same no matter who they're playing, <laughs> and would uh, probably get pretty angry if you insinuated otherwise. But uh, I, I maybe mean, I think maybe a little bit, but I think really with this veteran team. I think it's more about the personnel and the fact that, you know, the guys that are banged up are, are veteran guys who don't need their reps as much, and that's why you're seeing maybe them give a little bit more time off to guys like uh, Fulton and, and Delpit and Clyde edwards Hilaire than they would if last year. Really, you didn't know who any of your starters were, and there was a lot of open jobs and open competition. There's really not as many of the time around. 
Uh, what about you, James? Uh, you you got to be. I know you and, you and your buddies over at Tiger Rag and the advocate and everybody covers this team every day. You got to be ready for this camp to be over and actually do some games, right? It's. It, I, I kind of. I assume it's pretty similar to what that uh, that last week of preseason is in the NFL, where <laughs> you know once the, the the big scrimmages are done, it's there's not really a ton more to talk about, and you're just kind of ready to get going. I, I so I would I would say yeah, it's it's now that week. The season opener in Georgia Southern. This last week of camp, where the scrimmage is more going to be more of a dress rehearsal and helmets than it is a an actual scrimmage where we might hear something about who's standing out and who's not. There's, you know, aside from getting some of those guys back on the offensive line, there's not really a ton more to talk about at this point. He's James Moran, editor and columnist at TigerAg.com. Lots to read there every single day on LSU football, all LSU sports. James, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. No problem, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. All right, you too. At Smartest Moran on Twitter. Got to be following him there if you're an LSU fan. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's your phone calls and texts. Line them up. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about this LSU team? What do you think about them checking in at number six in that Associated Press Top 25 poll? It's 504-260-1870. That's the phone number, 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. When we come back, I'm also finally going to let you know where Hard Knocks college football style is going to be. I'm so excited for this. I really am. I'm geeked. I am. Seth Dunlap, Logan's here also. It's the last lap on WWL. Welcome back to the show. You know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll let you peek behind the curtain like I do every once in a while here. We had a caller who just called in and was ready to talk some LSU. 60 seconds later, he's gone. Just, we didn't want to hold on. Logan, come here. Come here. I want, I want to let people know behind the scenes of your job back there is that frustrating for you when you go through that whole, you go through that whole process and then uh they just they, they go away they trickle away i mean it's fairly frustrating because you know like we 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 get callers and uh especially like we'll we'll get like full phone banks and stuff like sure. that yeah of people trying to call in and i'm trying to get their information so that you can properly introduce them on the show and that we can make sure they're not a complete whack jab <laughs> which know? happens and it's not your fault it just happens they sneak in yeah. oh, oh trust me I've, I've i've run scoot show it happens all the time <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh but i i wind up getting the, the information from these people and then like i'm like you, you just just hold on he'll he'll come to here in a little bit we'll We'll see how's it going. Some people ask me, oh, how, how long do you think the wait's going to be? And I'll tell them, honestly, how long I think uh -huh. it's going to be. And then they'll just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> then they just hang up. Do you have any horror stories you can tell that are like NS uh, or maybe S SFW? Not NSFW. That's not safe for work. SFW. Safe for work. PG-13 about callers that you've just gone off the rails with you at all back there that I don't even know about? Um. We had a uh, we had a guy who we uh, I, I, it was during the uh, the Mardi Gras Mambo uh -huh. uh, review with Scoot one year. Uh, I was in here call screening and it was one of my first times call screening. <laughs> so my dad was running the board. I was call screening for him, and we get this guy on. He sounds he sounds fine. Sounds completely level headed. There are some people who sound a little bit shaky or who may sound drunk, and uh, but this guy sounded completely fine, clean cut, and everything. And he gets on. He's the one person on the entire uh, on, on the entire bank of calls that I'm not worried about doing uh -huh. anything. And he comes on and he calls Scoot some very unsavory words <laughs> on the air. Just snuck in, and they yeah. do, that's how they do it. They sneak in. They go. Hey, I'm going to talk about. I don't. Know, I'm going to talk about the Saints. And all of a sudden, they're on the air cussing, right? Yeah. And uh, it, it happened. Uh, I think it happened like that a couple years back uh, during uh, one of the. 
one, uh, one of the Saints game uh, post games for the point after because I, uh, I was call screening for Mark. Uh, Mark Menard, who's in here doing the Saints games. That really does. He has like an octopus arms, you know, eight arms. Yeah, I really, no, it's, it's incredible. It is crazy how like I, I don't know how his mind keeps up with it all. But I was I was in here uh, call screening for him one of those years. And uh, we had a guy who called in and said he wanted to talk about Saints or something and then just kind of went off about uh, how Bobby was a hack and this, that and the other. And Christian came down us about it, and it's like you know we we can only tell you, like we can only get in what they tell right. us. Right. You know, we we don't have a lie detector back here. Right. Yeah. Then now, if you invented that, Logan, you would be very wealthy. The through the phone lie detector test. Yes. Anya, right. That's awesome. <laughs> Logan Falgu, our studio producer, like he always is here on the last lap. I told you I wanted to let you know who's on college football's version of hard knocks they announced this over the weekend and hbo who is producing this this is their college football version of hard knocks it's going to be the same production company um a lot of the same guys behind the camera involved in this i wonder if it will be narrated by Liv schreiber who does hard knocks nfl style um, they were in negotiation with four programs alabama Arizona State, Penn State, and Washington State. And it's Washington State and Mike Leach who is going to be on Hard Knocks. I, I got to tell you, hey, look, first of all, I'm biased, but I promise you, I promise you, no matter where Mike Leach was coaching, I would be all in for this. I was actually kind of uh, barnstorming around here trying to get Mike Leach and you know an SEC football job a couple of years ago when he was rumored uh, to get the job at Tennessee I think he was linked here at one point uh, to LSU I don't know if LSU would have been a good fit for him but having Mike Leach at a big time program would be great I like him because I went to Washington State but look college football hard knocks HBO all access coach mic'd up with Mike Leech, are you kidding me? This is a gift to every football fan and every television viewer. Our earballs and eyeballs. It is going to be sensational. This is John Gruden if John Gruden were authentic, because I think sometimes John Gruden is not authentic. Like that line about, um, oh, you're not going to have any friends with everybody. You got to have a killer instinct. Whatever it was when he was talking about rookies coming to the league and they just got to you know beat up on each other and. I forget the exact words. I'm, I'm botching that one. It was episode one of Hard Knocks. John Gruden was basically telling his rookies that uh, you got to have no friends and you got to try to make the team. That means you got to be a villain to your teammates, and, and some of you are going to get cut and some aren't, and it's the villains who are probably going to stay on the team. I forget the exact wording. His wording was much better than that. But the point is, that line by Gruden sounded very produced, like he had written and rehearsed that. It was still great. It was made for TV stuff. Anything that Mike Leach says – um, is kind of not pre-produced. Logan, do you have the leech bite? Could you get it here for a second? I uh, I sent it to your email. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we'll try to get that later then. Uh, we're having some email problems. I'm having it all day, actually. Email problems here at WWL. We'll get that a little bit later, maybe a little bit later in the show, but definitely for our moment is in. we got to take a break. When we come back, not Mike Leach. I wish. Uh, ben Kirchival of CBS Sports will ask about hard knocks, but we're also going to talk about, look, LSU inside that top 25 at number six, what he thinks about that order and what he thinks about 
the lack of parity in college football. I know Tim Brando's talked about it, maybe draining the buzz from college football this time of year. Ben Kurtzville next on The Last Lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.